0: Hello and welcome to the Platinum Business Break Podcast. Hey, today is Season 3, Episode 9, The Way Business Should Be. This is Part 1. There's going to be several parts to this one. So what I'm doing is I'm bouncing off of last week's podcast, which was Have You Recalibrated Your Compass? I'm going to take some of the points that I uh, or my manifesto that, that I went over, I'm going to do a deeper dive. A lot of people I talked to, listen to the podcast, um, thought it was great information, and uh, plus I might even use this as a basis of a book. Who knows? We'll see. Anyway, again, this is the Platinum Business Break Podcast, and today's episode is sponsored by Platinum Business Consulting. Hey, if Platinum Business Consulting is here to help make your business a world-class organization, through a couple of things leadership training vision process you get the picture all right we're gonna jump right in again this is the way business should be this is part one again as I referenced last week I I uh, kind of went over a my I guess my epiphany I had when I was on vacation on a cruise ship uh, I wanted to recalibrate my compass the ship reset its compass and it got me to start thinking like really, really specific, really granular about what do I believe, how do I believe business should be, and 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 started just writing stuff down. So with that, here we go. And last week I mentioned, hey, I want to have my manifesto. <laughs> and Again, manifesto. A lot of people hear that it sounds like a you know maybe a you know World War II dictator, um, some third world you know banana republic dictator. You know he has his manifesto. He wrote it in prison, right? Uh, what manifesto means is just a public declaration of values, views, and direction. That's that's what I did last week. And, and I'm going to do a deeper dive into the first point that I made. And I think this is kind of the capstone of all of it. Business should not be hard, difficult, or stressful. It should be fun, energizing, exciting, beneficial to customers and team members, and uplifting and empowering. Now, I know some people are going to say, well, that's very utopian. That's very, you know, pie in the sky. But I, I disagree. Business, I'm not saying business shouldn't be challenging, okay? That's, that's different. Uh, I'm saying it just shouldn't be hard or difficult. Challenging, it, it can be fun. And, you know, you overcome some obstacles. And, and you know what? Uh, you get on the other side and it's like, wow, we won, you know, winning is fun. So that's what I'm saying. It's not business shouldn't be challenging. It just shouldn't be hard and stressful all the time. Like, you know, months on end, days on end, years on end. Many of us are stuck in jobs where we're absolutely miserable. And again, I mentioned the Sunday afternoon flu is when you, about three o'clock, four o'clock on Sunday afternoon, you start getting this pit in your stomach. And man, you're sick because it's like, oh, I got to go to work tomorrow. You dread looking at the emails. You got meetings, uh, just all that. I don't think work should be like that. I don't think business should be like that if you have a company organization where your people that's the way they feel you got to look in the mirror because again it all starts with leadership it starts with vision it starts with core values and again those of you know me you've heard this before this is this is the basis of everything so again want to review my favorite this is a gallup 2022 workplace survey this was done in i think october of 2022 the fall and, I, and, again, I believe these numbers are still probably accurate. In fact, they might be worse. 35% of U.S. employees are engaged. Okay, that, what that means, what does that mean? That means they are doing their job. They're volunteering for committees. They're, they're actively looking for ways to improve things or whatever that might be. But that means 65% are disengaged. Now, what does disengage mean? Disengage means they're just doing the bare minimum to keep their job. And the report goes on to say 15% of U.S. employees are actively disengaged. Now, what is actively disengaged? That means they, they're they not even doing the bare minimum. They're probably sabotaging the business either intentionally or unintentionally. Now, unintentionally would be, you know, an order goes out wrong. They're not returning the customer uh, phone call. They're entering data wrong, you know, because they are they're just not with it. So I think that number is a lot higher, but anyway, 15%, that's a pretty, pretty big number. All right. And to further back that up, this was uh, another survey that I found. It was uh, on the website WorkHuman, and it was dateline October 25th, 2022, by the WorkHuman editorial team, specifically uh, Sarah Blaznalis. And basically what it said, highly engaged. And again, this was a global, not, not a U.S., but a global workforce survey. So 35% were highly engaged. That means they're satisfied, supported, able to work with passion. All right. That's, that's where we all want to be, right? Unsupported, 22% employee is engaged but lacks the support which might drive satisfaction down. Now, I, I think a lot of companies are in that, that particular category, and, and that's why pretty soon they start falling to, to the disengaged level. Is because they don't feel like they have any support from their upper management or their company. The next they call detached 17% employees might not have enough satisfaction and support, but without apparent engagement. Okay. So they're, they're, again, they're just, they're starting to, they got that blank look in meetings. They're starting to slip to the disengaged, which they say it's 26%. Employees aren't satisfied, supported or engaged, which translates to low producti- which translates to low productivity. So, again, if you add up the unsupported, detached, and disengaged, you know, that's over 50%. And that almost mirrors or gets close to, to the Gallup survey. So I think that's very valid. Those of us who have been working for a while, we, we see these numbers and go, yeah, that's 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 right. And the next article I want to go over, I, I, I covered this a few podcasts ago. I was talking about coaching and counseling. And, and I'm just going to reference the article and kind of make my point. So this w- the, the name of this article is called The Companies That Give Everyone the Day Off When Life Gets Stressful by Tara Weiss in the Wall Street Journal. So she goes on to say, quote, mental health is the workplace crisis of our time, said Lunay Luke, NerdWallet's chief people officer. We don't feel that taking care of mental health is something that should just be lumped into PTO or sick days. Wow, that's pretty strong. The article goes on. I continue. Employees are looking for jobs that support their mental health needs at record levels, said Jennifer Moss, a consultant who works with Fortune 500 companies and others to help them define their workplace culture and author on a book of bur- about burnout. All right. We've all been there. We understand burnout. Employers say the decision to offer these programs comes at a cost, such as hiring outside consultants or building new facilities. There's also a possible resentment that may build among those who don't take those days off. Because it could add to their workload. So really what that's saying is people who aren't taking the days off are going, well, so-and-so is taking a mental health day, so i got to pick up their slack. That's also a problem, too. Uh, that's that's a just a poor attitude to have in the workplace. So, again, mental health, especially since COVID. De- dealing with COVID now, <laughs> we've got the mental health and, and all the stress of returning to the workplace. That's causing a whole nother chain of problems problems that we did not foresee coming workers uh team members employees are revolting they don't want to come back to the office most companies that i work with that that i've been in uh the employees again you've seen my podcast you've seen my vidcast you've you've heard this this is the dizzy bat game here's a picture of a girl she's got her forehead on you know the top end of a bat and she's spinning around spinning around and, you know, part of the idea of the game is you spin around, spraying around, and you're, you're supposed to run straight like to first base. And then what ends up happening is you end up running to the home plate or you're running, you know, back into the dugout. In other words, you, there's no way you can run straight. You know, your job is to run straight. But because of all the, the, the stuff that's ha- – all, all the stuff you're being bombarded with is emails and meetings and phone calls and and just on and on and on, and, and you don't have enough time to do your job – Upper management doesn't see that, hey, I don't have the bandwidth to do this. So you're all discombobulated. So it's no wonder that our employees are disengaged, that they're, they're not happy. Upper management's not getting the message. They don't understand it. Bill Owners, owners are not getting the message. Management's not getting the message. Hey, look, if you're a business owner, if you're C-suite, if you're, you're director level, manager level, you guys got to start paying attention because you're you're losing people you 're losing not only their hearts, you lose their hearts that you lose their minds, so again, I believe that business doesn 't have to be like this, okay, business can be better and again, as I continue this series i 'm going to go through several points that that cause that that I think that misalignment that that discombobulation and and what you can do about it again, I think also we have limited bandwidth you know with covid with downsizing with streamlining and now possible recession. We're all seeing that we're all doing more work. We, we let people, companies let people go, they don't backfill. So we all have to pick up the slack or we're doing other people's jobs who aren't doing their job in the first place. That's another, that's another topic. So what does that tell us? Our teams are disengaged. Our teams have no clear vision or purpose. Everyone is busy, so no one can or wants to take ownership priorities change on a constant basis it's crisis management or what I call the church of what's happening now so what happens is everything's all gets tense and upper management goes oh we got we're going to solve this and they have meetings and all that and they put the band-aid on it or everyone reads a book or we put a new slogan on the wall that is not a fix it all starts with vision it all starts with leadership it all starts with core values That is what should guide you through all of this. If you don't have that, whatever you're doing is destined to fail, all right? You show me an organization where there's disengagement, where there's chaos, where customers are not happy, and I will show you an organization where there's no leadership, there's no core values, there's no vision. Take it to the bank, just saying, all right? So, again, as I was just saying, leadership and vision. That leadership and vision is where it all begins. Then you have culture. And you have people and you have process on and on. So let's talk about some leadership stats. So 79% of employees will quit due to lack of appreciation. They don't feel appreciated. Uh, and, and I'm talking genuine appreciation, not just, you know, just the occasional, hey, thanks for what you're doing or anything. I mean, if, you, if you're thanking everyone for what they're doing every week, it's not very, it's, it, it's just not very believable or if you're thinking everybody, I mean, it should be personalized. It should be special to that person. I'll continue. While 83% of organizations believe it's important to develop leaders at every level of the company, only 5% of businesses have implemented leadership development at all levels. That's a sad statistic. All right. Only 48% of employees view their company's leadership as high quality. So half the people saying our leaders stink. Right. So businesses spend 166 billion on leadership development each year. Nearly nearly half of the 366 billion that's spent globally. Now again, this is source at Zipia.com. So in other words, we're trying, you know, businesses are trying to, to to make leadership, but they're they're not succeeding. And because they're not succeeding at leadership is probably because they don't have a vision. They don't know what what is the guiding vision for the company. They don't have any core values. Again, it's all interrelated. Again, leadership what I'm seeing is disengaged. Uh, you know why is that? who knows it's it's are they are they hiding? are they is that part of the culture? Um, if you're a privately held organization, uh, are you just happy with status quo if you're part of a publicly traded corporation, are you just doing good enough so you can get the next promotion to go up the ladder i I don't know, but leaders are disengaged. I see that more and more every day. So what we're talking about is is basically. Business shouldn't be hard. Business should be easy. And, and I've given some negative statistics. Well, now I'm going to give some positive statistics to, to support that. Again, this was uh, I found this it was called, uh, from a website called Snack Nation. And the author is Ashley Bell. And the title is 11 Shocking Employee Habit Statistics That Will Blow Your Mind. And this is pretty cool. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I'm just going to kind of read them and, and briefly comment. So number one, companies with happy employees outperform their competitors by 20%. Well, you would think that's that, that, that is correct. Actually, I think it should be more number two, happy employees are 12% more productive. Now, I don't know how they got at that number, but that makes sense, right? Happy employees are going to work harder. They're going to work better. They're going to work smarter. Number three. 67% of full-time employees with access to free food at work are extremely or very happy at their current job. Now, that might be this is from, uh, you know, snacknation.com. But the point to this, and I think it's important, if you are in a position where people are coming back to the office or you're forcing people back to the office or they're coming back hybrid model, I think food, again, I'm from from the South, so uh, food is very important. It's a cultural thing, and and I'm sure most areas it is a cultural thing. If you have food available, if you have coffee available, if you have all that, that is sure going to help a lot. Okay, so I didn't want to spend that much time on snacks and food at work, but the statistics show that 67% of full-time employees, they consider themselves very happy. Right, number four, happy salespeople produce 37% greater sales. Again, couldn't argue with that. Um, if they're happy also, that means too, they, they, they buy into the product or service that they're selling. They have a good support system. In other words, when they're selling something, they they, they know that it's going to execute well. All right, so I think that's uh, that, that statistic is accurate. Number five, 36% of employees would give up $5,000 a year in salary to be happy at work. Okay. So someone did a survey uh, again I'm, I'm going to assume it's a Snack Nation and their survey said hey $5,000 a year to be happier at work. Now does that mean state you know they'll give up $5,000 to work from home? What does that mean? Well, to me they just put a cost on it. It's $5,000 and so if you have 100 employees, you know do you know do the math, you you, you got $5,000 times 100 employees well, you know that's half a million dollars. What could you do with a half half, half a million dollars uh, to to make to transform your business to where where business is enjoyable? Is is it training? Is it education? Is it leadership training? You know, is it? I, I don't know. But what I do know is there is a cost for having unhappy employees, and it's more than than that. It's more than five thousand dollars a year per person. I, I assure you that. All right, number six. Close work friendships boost employee satisfaction by 50%. And, and, you know, I agree with that. I, I, uh, you know, when I was, you know, when I worked at places and when I work at places, you know, I, I usually have one, what I call a good friend or may, maybe a few, I don't, I don't, you know, again, depends on the position. Again, if you're upper management, it's harder to get really, really close to your subordinates, uh, from a management perspective. But I think, uh, when, if you're at a, you know, employee, uh, level, you know, manager below, yeah, peer to peer is very important. It's very important for the team, uh, which kind of goes to number seven, people with a best friend at work are healthier and seven times more likely engaged fully in their work. Um, again, I agree with that. Best friend. Yeah, again, if you're with a company a long, long time, Absolutely. And if, if, you're, if you're like me, you know, I've, I, you know, somewhere four or five years and I, I look for another opportunity. And so I don't really get time to have a best friend, but I do have people that I've worked with that I still talk with. Today, you know, I guess I, you know, I've got people from high school I still talk to, but from work, I've got four or five people that I still keep in touch with. I wouldn't say they're best friends, but they're, they're very close. I mean, we major milestones in life. We talk with each other. So I completely agree with that statistic. And number eight, the top three factors contributing to job satisfaction or job security, opportunities to use skills and abilities, and the organization's financial stability. And I think the third one, that's, that's really important because a lot of times when there's layoffs and, and all that due to, to financial reasons, it, it catches people off guard. Uh, organizations have a very transparent financial reporting, you know, scorecards. That really helps with people. Uh, backup. Opportunities to use skills and abilities. You know, if you learn something new, especially if you go through a training program and you're never given that opportunity to use that, I could, that's frustrating. And obviously job security. What is job security? Well, Again, I think if if the company is, is is doing well, the employees are happy, the leadership is engaged, you, you have the core values, and, and it's a it's a business where everyone wants to come work, that's that helps with job security, right? All right. I continue. Number nine, employees who report being happy at work take ten times fewer sick days than unhappy employees. That is so true. In fact I was just talking to my to my son. He works at a for a retailer, he does a stocking He's, um, he's postgraduate doing, you know, got a job trying to, uh, you know, pay some bills. And, uh, he said he's, he's stunned that the amount of people that call on an average once a week, they call in sick once a week, they call in sick, um, or they're late. And, they, and it's the same people, same excuses time after time. It's because they're not happy part of it. You know, some of it might be, they're lazy or whatever which made me feel good because at least I I know I raised my, my kids to have some sort of a work ethic, but yeah, he said every week, it's the same people at least, at least once a week, but they don't fire them because it's hard to find people. Right. So that behavior perpetuates on and on. All right. Number 10 fortunes, hundred best companies to work for enjoyed a raise in stock price from 14% per year from 1998 to 2005 compared to 6% for the overall market. Again, that's, I'd love to see more modern statistics on that, um, but that's still interesting, and again, I could see where that could happen. And then, number 11, only 42% of employees are happy with rewards and recognition their company offers. Again, that's less than half. And again, I it, I think it just depends on, on what it is, if, if, if there's a focus on it, if it's fun, if it's really related to uh, someone's work, uh, to the company, to some goals, and, and I think that's the thing, too. You know, if you're rewarding with good, if you're rewarding good behavior or the right behavior, in in the in, in, in people who, who fit in the culture, that's I think going to be the the most. Uh, I I think that's where you get the better bang for your buck. Uh, again, companies have, um, I mean, there's tons of companies that do reward and recognition programs, but the statistic says less than half are happy with the program. And, and you know, why is that? Is it not promoted well? Is it not integrated with their training? Is it not integrated with company goals? But the point is that, so those were 11 things right there that, that say, Hey, you can be happy at work. Employees can be happy at work and those statistics bear that out. So all I'm saying is the way it should be is business should not be hard, should not be difficult. It should be uplifting, inspiring. It should be great for customers. It should be great for your employees. I reject the notion that work has to be a beatdown. Again, I'll reiterate, it doesn't mean it's not challenging. Where problems pop up, but that's not the norm. That's that's the abnormal. All right. So uh, that's all I got on this one. So I, I hope uh, you enjoy that. Again, a little deeper dive on on my point number one from my uh, my, my previous podcast. But I think it's important to talk about these things because I I am convinced, I, and I know that most people I talk with work with um, you know, network with, it's, it's the same story. Oh my gosh, I'm tired. I'm like, oh, it's a beat down. It's like, oh, I got too many emails. And, and this is just chronic. So if you're a business owner, if you're a manager, if you're C-suite, we would love to talk with you. There is a way out. There is a way to make your business healthy, a world-class organization. Those of you who know me, I wear this one out, but it's true. The success formula in business, is make it easy for customers to do business with you, and you want to execute the basics flawlessly. That's really the end goal, because the, all this other stuff I talk about—that's the—that's the result. Okay, so if you have a great vision, great leadership, core values, processes, data, all this other stuff that I always talk about—that leads to your customers. Again, I mentioned Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, your business. Um, every Chick-fil-A I go to, it is. It's, just, it's almost the same and obviously there's exceptions but every person there understands the vision the mission they have a, a distinct culture the food is always great it's service is excellent um, it's always a pleasant my, it's my pleasure to do business with you so anyway that is all i got i appreciate you listening and i appreciate you watching again if we could help you in any way we can't help you if we don't hear from you That is Platinum Business Consulting, and this is the Platinum Business Break Podcast. Thanks again for listening and watching, and we will see you next time. Bye.